Smith will keep it. He dives for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Carr out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. <laughs> It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. Happy Monday to you. Glad to have you with us. Hope you had a great weekend. Football galore. Saturday, Sunday, and we got more tonight coming your way. NFL style, Dallas and Philadelphia. TC Martin with you. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Hope you had a good one. And uh, we are going to be breaking down everything that took place yesterday in a wild, crazy NFL Sunday. Raiders. Victorious. Again, 3-0. We'll be breaking all that down for you. We've got plenty of highlights, sound. You'll hear from John Gruden, hear from Derek Carr. We'll hear from our guest today, Matthew Holt. We talk about the sportsbook side of things, the betting thing, and yes, another huge day for the underdogs covering the book and winning games outright. We talked to Matt Holt about that and uh, the rest of the NFL card, some college football as well, on Saturday. And uh, our best bets, uh, Matt 2-0, as well as yours truly 2-0 on the Sunday side yesterday. We both have the Dallas Cowboys laying three and a half tonight, so we'll break that game down, see if the Cowboys can cover and continue their offensive output that they've displayed uh, the first couple games of the season. So we'll dive into that. Heidi Fang will join us as well from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, always one of our favorites. Heidi working hard covering the Raiders, covering UFC Saturday night, T-Mobile Arena. And then, of course, yesterday, the Raiders and the Dolphins game. Uh, Heidi was all over the place uh, for the RJ, doing everything from uh, photogging to podcasting and then doing radio as well, too. So uh, great to hear from her. So, yeah, Matt Holt, Heidi Fang will join us today. And, of course, like I said, plenty of NFL to talk about as well, too. And we'll uh, really dive into tonight's game, too, to try to diagnose a winner, even though I think we already have a winner with the Cowboys and the Eagles. All right, shout-out again to uh, our good friend, Ballpark Frank, who is uh, still uh, in the hospital, uh, resting comfortably. It was great to be able to hear from Ballpark Frank Last week, we had him on for a few minutes, uh, undergoing chemotherapy now. That has started, and a lot of people are asking me, how's Frank doing? And uh, he's perfectly fine with giving updates uh, on his health and how he's doing. He is still in the hospital, but uh, um, you know, undergoing cancer treatments, uh, chemotherapy. Went through his first round yesterday, so we continue to uh, send prayers and thoughts to him. And, of course, reach out to, to him via his Facebook page and Frank Harnish. Or on Twitter at VGK Frank, and uh, he also has a Twitter at Ballpark Frank. So either one of those, you can reach out to Frank and and uh, give some thoughts and try to lift up his spirits. And uh, we continue uh, talking with him every day 
And again, uh, hoping uh, things go well with his uh, treatment, and hopefully he can get back here with us uh, on the microphone as uh, soon as he possibly can. So uh, good thoughts, good uh, good prayers for our good friend, Ballpark Frank. The Raiders defeat Miami yesterday 31-28. to Now, when you hear that score of 31-28, it's a pretty conventional score, right? You're thinking, okay, wow, each team had four touchdowns, and the Raiders got an extra field goal there, right? This thing was anything but conventional, not only the score, but the way the game played out, and especially from a scoring perspective. You had a missed PAT by Daniel Carlson for the Raiders, which is very rare. He's one of the best kickers in the game. Missed field goal from, from Sanders for Miami. You had a safety. You had a made two-point conversion. Oh, by the way, as time expired in regulation for the Dolphins, and then in overtime, usually you'll get a touchdown or you'll get a game-winning field goal, either or. What happened? No, you didn't have either of those. I mean, you had a field goal, but yeah, you had three of them. You had three made field goals, two by Carlson, one by Sanders, and then the game winner was as time expired in overtime, going down to the final snap. It was a wild, crazy, insane game. If you're at the game, I would love to hear from you. You can join us at 702-221-7283. Of course, from out of town, the area code 702. What were your thoughts while you're in that game? And even if you weren't at the game, you're watching it from a home. You're a Raider fan, Dolphin fan. I don't care. Just had action in the game. All good, too. That game was another emotional roller coaster, no matter what. If you're a Raider fan, Dolphin fan, or you had action, whether it's on the side or the total yesterday, it was fantastic again. And, and I keep saying again because the Raiders have had two home games this year at Allegiant Stadium. Both games, they win. Both games go to overtime. Both games, they trail. 14 nothing. Both games, they come back against all odds. They rally, and they win the game in overtime on the final play of the game. They did it against Baltimore in the opener of Monday Night Football two weeks ago, and they did it again yesterday afternoon affair against the Miami Dolphins. And uh, an exhilarating, entertaining, fun game. And I'm sitting there again yesterday going like, wow, here we go again. I mean, just like that, the Raiders were down 14 to nothing. They trailed the Baltimore Ravens 14 to nothing in that Monday night game. And with all the pomp and circumstance, everyone was all fired up and ready to go. And then all of a sudden, Derek Carr was 2 for 10 in that first quarter for 22 yards in the game in Baltimore in Monday night football. And it's like, wow. Uh, what is going to happen in this game? What is going to happen uh, you know, during this football season? And then slowly but surely, the Raiders battled themselves back. Well, yesterday, not only did they fall behind 14-0, but they got points in a very strange fashion. And we thought that Baltimore made some mistakes with Lamar Jackson turning the ball over a couple times in that game a couple weeks ago. Well, you had the Dolphins just making some bonehead plays, but more of the credit goes to the Raiders in this game. So again, they fell behind 14-0 yesterday, 
And one of those touchdowns was a gift from Derek Carr as he throws a pick six. And I don't know what he was looking at, but he threw the ball in the right flat and no receiver was there. And it got picked off by the Dolphins, by a linebacker, trotted into the, you know, 50 plus yards and into the end zone. And just like that, wow, it's 14 to nothing. And, you know, the Raiders had a situation in this game too where they're already down 7 nothing, right? And then they take over on their own 25. So they get the ball out of the 34-yard line, their own 34, and it's fourth. They don't make it on third down. So it's fourth and short from the 34, not even really need a yard. And, and they go for it. John Gruden says, nope, this is first quarter. You're down 7 nothing." And a lot of people are going like, okay, wait here. You need a yard, but you're deep in your own territory. I understand about being aggressive, but you're not even at midfield. But this is your second possession of the game. That's it, second possession of the game. And sure enough, what happens? They get stuffed. So automatically, you're going to be down by two scores. Worst case scenario, you're going to turn it over to Miami. They're at least going to get a field goal. It's going to be 10 nothing. And then the worst case scenario is it's going to be 14 nothing, and that's exactly what happened. The Raiders, they get they get stuffed, and then immediately, boom, Dolphins go in for another touchdown, and it's 14 nothing. Before you could blink your eyes, you could settle into your seat and have the popcorn waiting. And I know there were people there that were texting me during the course of the game that were there for the very first time, and they're going like, I can hardly wait to get to a game. I'm there early for the tailgate parties. And then I get inside, and, and what? 14 nothing. What's happening here? And this was to the Miami Dolphins. This is the team that got shut out by the Buffalo Bills in their home field last week in Miami, 35-0. And you jump on the Raiders, 14 nothing. So you can understand why there was some pessimism here. People were not you know, happy about the way this started and said, well, okay. Are you a guy or a girl that looks at the glass half empty or half, half full? Well, if it's uh, half full, it's like, okay, they'll come back because they did it against Baltimore. They did it against Pittsburgh. Let's, let's see what they can do here. All right, so we get into the highlights of yesterday's game. And this game turned around on one single play, and a lot of people may not realize this. But with the Raiders down 14 to nothing. They put a little drive together, but it stalled around midfield. So the Raiders had to punt. And they go ahead at the end of the first quarter, and they punt it down. And Zay Jones, one of their backup wide receivers, goes down and downs the punt inside the one-yard line. Now, this was huge because it got the crowd going. They had the ball inside the one. Miami had a penalty to, even draw, uh, to, to go back even closer to the goal line. And what happens? Jacoby Brissett who is filling in for Tua, who's injured. And Jacoby Brissett, as we know, he's a veteran. He's the guy that gets it. I couldn't believe my eyes. Drops back to pass and throws the ball behind him, basically. Throws it into his end zone in the left flat. So he's about four or five yards into the end zone, drops straight back, and and, and throws it out to Waddle. Waddle catches the ball in the end zone, is immediately swamped by two Raider defenders, and just like that, put hands overhead. It's a safety, and now it's 14 to 2. Now, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're thinking, well, you know, that was a pretty ridiculous play. It was an absurd play. If you're a Raiders fan, you're going, what did they just do? 
Because you already had the momentum with Zay Jones making a, a beautiful stop at the one-yard line. You get the penalty to back it up. And now the crowd is alive at Allegiant Stadium. And then you get a safety. So it's 14-2, to two, and now you're going to get the ball back. You know, in good field position to try to make it, you know, you know, get another score. So now the Raiders do get a score, but it was only the field goal variety. But it's okay. It's 14-5 to five at that point in time. And just the feeling in the building you had there that, hey, something special could be brewing here because the mojo switched. Just like that. So it's 14-5. to five. Raiders then get a touchdown to make it 14-12. to 12, And all of a sudden, now there's electricity in the building and the mo has definitely swung. The Raiders get a stop. They get the ball back. And just like that, the Raiders get their first lead. Third down and nine for the Raiders. Carr steps up. Carr, fastball. Caught Touchdown, Raiders. 14 to 12 at that point in time. They, you know, they took the lead. So they got 14 to 12. They go ahead 19 to 14. Renfro comes in the fold. Again, Carr. Uh, hitting nine different receivers between running backs, tight ends, and, and wide receivers in this game. Had a phenomenal day. We'll get more into that. But the Raiders, just like that, have taken a 19-14 to 14 lead. And then, all of a sudden, um, they, they, they go on a 25-point a a unanswered run here, and uh, they, they lead. Now, all of a sudden, we got ourselves a great ball game, and now it looks, it's looking like, we could be going to overtime, but maybe not. Because as we get to the end of regulation, it looks like Miami is probably going to get a chance to win this game as disaster struck for the Raiders in the end zone. You had a pass interference call on Trayvon Mullen. So the Raiders had this game put away. It was done. They scored 25 unanswered points. They take the lead only to have Miami come back. The Raiders led 25-14. to 14. They give up a field goal, all right, to make it, you know, uh, now 25 to 17. And the Raiders have a chance. They can't get a first down. They have to punt the ball to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have no timeouts left, and they have to go the length of the field. They've got to go 85 yards in the final two minutes here. And that's exactly what they did. And this is where I talk about Jacoby Brissett really being an upgrade. I'll say it. And we said it last week that there's really not much of a difference between Tua and Brissett, because Brissett is the veteran. He's led comebacks before. He's seen everything that the NFL can throw at him. And the Raiders had an 11-point lead with the ball. All right? Then they had an 8-point lead with the ball. Now they punt it away, and now all they have to do with no timeouts for Miami is come away with one fourth down stop. That's all they have to do. Instead, Miami goes 85 yards, goes all the way down the field, and as time is expiring... Miami gets it in the end zone. One last gasp for the Dolphins. Eight seconds. Rush coming. Brissett steps up. Brissett, the fake, and he's in. Touchdown, Miami. What an effort, Jacoby Brissett. 25-23. Now, again, so the Raiders, they couldn't get the stop on the touchdown. But you're holding out a little bit of hope saying, well, they still got to get the two-point conversion, all right? When you're down 11, it's, it's a field goal, it's a touchdown, it's a two-point conversion. So now, there's no time left on the clock. 
And of course, the Dolphins going for the two, going for the tie. And what happens here? We know what happened. Brissette. Take the handoff. Throws it. Complete. They've got it to Fuller. Remarkable come from behind effort. Will Fuller comes over from the Houston Texans, comes over and signs with the Dolphins, been injured the most part of this year, and one of the best wide receivers in the game. And Will Fuller comes up big when the Dolphins need it. And just like that, boom, air out of the balloon, nervous time, and the Raiders and the Dolphins are tied at 25, which means we are now going to overtime. Good news is... Raiders get the ball. Now, remember, with the overtime period, and Raider fans should be very familiar with this because we just saw it happen in week one against Baltimore, right? Get the coin toss. You get the ball. If you score a touchdown, game over. Anything less than that, a field goal, then Miami's going to get the ball back. So the Raiders do get the ball. They don't get a touchdown, but they got a chance to put points on the board with the nearly automatic Daniel Carlson. Carlson for the lead. Straight down the middle. I don't know if you could catch that. Okay, that was the home crowd, the Allegiant Stadium crowd, and it wasn't a big roar when when Carlson hit the field goal, the 38-yard field goal. You know why? Because they just saw their team giving up an 11-point lead and saw Brissett lead him down, and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, is a field goal going to be enough? That's what they're thinking there. So when you, when you listen to that, that 38-yard field goal, you would think eruption from the crowd. But the crowd knew it was like, you know, we wanted that touchdown, but we only got a field goal. So now the Raiders have a 28-25 lead, and Miami is getting the ball back. Just when you think, okay, the Raiders are going to get a stop. The Dolphins are going backwards on the next drive, and they're facing a 4th and 20 from deep inside their own territory. Fourth and 20. One stop. That's all you need? The Dolphins come through. For Miami. Here's your ball game. Brissett steps up. Avoids it. Throws on the move. Brissett. Oh, it's complete. Mike Gusecki with the hands. Mike Gusecki comes through. Brissett buys enough time and scrambles out and gets, gets it to Gusecki near midfield. The Dolphins convert a 4th and 20. And there were some Dolphin fans in the building there. And you could hear that with that completion. And there were a lot of Raider fans who were going, are you kidding me? 4th and 20. Miami's got the mojo now. The Raiders do come up with a stop. And now it's Jason Sanders from 50 yards to try to continue the game. 50 yards, out, and he ties it. Now we're at 28 all. <laughs> the Raiders get the ball back, and at this point in time, now next team scores wins. Raiders have two huge plays. Ball at their own 20-yard line, and Carr, he goes to the magic man that we saw. This happened last week in Pittsburgh, and we saw it two weeks ago in Baltimore. There's Brian Edwards. Second down and 15 now from the 20-yard line in a tie game. Protection holds up. Carr launches. Over the shoulder, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards catches it. 34-yard completion. And then a play later, Peyton Barber gets free to drive the Raiders down deep into Miami territory. 
And what a beautiful throw by Carr and Edwards reaching out to get it. 34-yard reception. Breaking away, Peyton Barber! Out of bounds! So Barber scampers down, and then now the Raiders are in a position for Daniel Carlson to win this game, and the Raiders are milking the clock, and this comes down to the final play of the game. This game is either going to end up a tie or with a Raiders W, and it's on Carlson's foot to drive it through. Daniel Carlson. First time in 19 years. That's right. Since 2002, Raiders 3-0. Before that, they, it was 1990 before they were 3-0. And the impressive thing about the Raiders in this game, 3-0, defeating three teams that won 10 games. Each one of these teams they beat so far. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, all won 10 games each last season. First time that has happened. 3-0 team. Defeats teams that won 10 games or more the season prior. So they're 3-0. But if you're the faint of heart, <laughs> it was a wild, crazy game. Allegiant State interrupting. Yes, the Raiders are 3-0. Let's hear from John Gruden talking about the resiliency that this team has shown. Yeah, that's the headline today to me. You know, we had some penalties that really went against us. Pass interference in the end zone. Um you know, we had some terrible penalties that really hurt us. We fell behind, uh, gave up fourth and 20. We missed an extra point. Guys are leaving. We had newcomers playing that haven't played much before, but um, you just finish. You know, we talk about it a lot. You just find a way to finish, and um, really proud of our coaches and players for doing that. All right, John Gruden, just talking about the resiliency and, and what a crazy game, but the Raiders continue to win. Peyton Barber, you heard him on that scamper. Peyton Barber had a heck of a game yesterday, over 100 yards. This guy came over from Washington, been with a couple different teams. We know how thin the Raiders are. Josh Jacobs, I know some Raider fans were hoping that Josh Jacobs was going to be ready to go. That, that wasn't the case at all. I mean, this guy's been injured. Again, missed the last two games. And in steps Peyton Barber, giving the Raiders a big shot in the arm. Yeah, I think he did more than just run it. I mean, you know, we went to him as our third down back. We had a uh, a need there, I think, to get his hands on the ball at the end of the game. He caught the pass out of the backfield. He picked up some blitzes. He was helpful in protection. He didn't blow any assignments. He ran hard. And when you meet him, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't even smile. I don't know how he's feeling. I don't hardly know this guy. But I gave him a big hug and a game ball, I'll tell you that. If uh, if you get a chance to see Peyton, uh, you'll, you'll see he's a great kid. And today was a big moment for him. I'm really happy for him. And this is exactly what John Gruden is dealing with here. When you're signing guys, uh, you know, days before games, and, and we saw that happen, you know, uh, with K.J. Wright on the defensive side of the ball right before the season opener, you got to get to know these guys. And Peyton Barber is a guy that, that Gruden really, really doesn't know at all. He says, I don't even know what the guy's thinking because – he really doesn't say much, doesn't talk much. But his actions, they have spoken loud. And they spoke loud uh, yesterday for the Raiders. Barber with a phenomenal game. And again, this guy's a pro. I mean, he gets it. Fantastic job by Peyton Barber yesterday running the football in place of Josh Jacobs. And Kenyon Drake, I know a lot of people thought Drake would have a big day yesterday going against his former team and the Dolphins. But hey, the Dolphins got a rock-solid defense. And we saw 
what kind of coverage that they can they can give Raider receivers, especially in the first half yesterday. But uh, but hey, kudos for Barber for stepping in, and kudos to the uh, Raiders offensive line as well too. All right, more John Gruden talking about the wide receivers. The day that Derek Carr had 382 yards, and he's here talking about his receivers in Rugs and Edwards, how they came up big again. Well, I'm, I'm always going to be confident in those guys. We were confident on draft day, you know, so all they have to do is keep playing and keep taking advantage of their at-bats. But both those guys had big days today against one of the better secondaries in pro football. And the fun thing for me is I see these young guys really coming alive. I see a different look in their eyes. I see a different confidence. Uh, and now they're starting to demand the ball, so they're starting to get on my nerves a little bit. But um, they're going to be a great duo with Waller and, and some of the others. Zay Jones made a contribution today, and, of course, Hunter Renfro came up big as well. So it was a, it was a team win, and we're exhausted. We got, a, we, got a lot to, we got a lot to figure out here. Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro, Waller, Drake out of the backfield, all getting the job done yesterday for the Raiders. John Gruden talking about the fans at Allegiant Stadium yesterday going through the roller coaster ride. Yeah, the fans are great. You know, they didn't, they didn't leave us. You know, I might have left when it was 14 to nothing after the way we, we started that game, but they didn't leave us, and um, they make a big difference, you know, for the guys on the sidelines, and it makes it hard on opposition now. It makes it hard on the opposing team to execute. It's a loud place, and there were too many doggone Dolphin fans there. I noticed that today, but you got to give Miami credit. It's a story franchise, and they travel well, and they had their, their faithful here as well. All right, absolutely. The, the Dolphins did have some fans there yesterday, but a lot of Dolphin fans were leaving. They were leaving early yesterday. Another slow start for the Raiders. Slow start again, falling behind 14 to nothing. John Gruden knows this cannot continue. Well, I'm always going to be excited with a win. It's a hard league. You know, when you go play uh, Baltimore and you play at Pittsburgh and you play the Miami Dolphins coming off a tough loss, you know, it's tough. I got to do a better job, certainly. Uh, we got to do a better job. Um, getting our offense going. We had a nice drive early in the game. We threw an interception down there. Uh, we had a nice drive against uh, the Ravens, and we had a snap go over our quarterback's head. So we've had two of those already. But uh, to answer your question, there's a lot of reasons for why that is. We Maybe we're coming out a little bit too excited, or maybe my pregame speeches aren't very good. That probably is it. <laughs> John Gruden having a little fun with the media there saying, yeah, maybe his uh, pregame speeches aren't that good coming out to the slow start. But, yeah, the, the snap over Carr's head, Carr making the mistake, throwing the, the pick six going the other way, uh, some stupid penalties, but the Raiders had enough to overcome the slow start for the second time in the last three weeks. They did it against Baltimore, and they did it against the Dolphins yesterday, and they got the W. Gruden says the comeback is nice, but very, very nerve-wracking. I don't apologize for winning, winning these games, no matter how we won them. You know, had we made an extra point, maybe we're not uh, out there so long. Uh, had we not thrown the interception, it got run back, perhaps it's a better deal. But when you're down 14 to nothing and score 25 unanswered in the NFL against a team like that, something's, something's going right. But uh, we got to finish better. Uh, there, there were some catastrophic plays today, and you can write them and, and list them, and we're lucky to overcome those. All right, 31-28.
very unconventional, even though the conventional score, like I said, with the safety, with the two-point play at the end of regulation by Miami, and then nine points in the overtime session. Remember, the 10-minute overtime session, that's cut by five minutes from what we're, you know, we've used to back in the day. And uh, yes, three field goals, two by Daniel Carlson, wins it for the Raiders. They are 3-0. and It was insane. It was exhilarating. It was exciting. Two home games, two overtime wins, both ending in victory by the Raiders on the final snap of the game for the home team at Allegiant Stadium. All right, we got more of this to break down for you. Heidi Fang will join us next hour. Matt Holt will join us when we come back. And then we'll hear from Derek Carr next hour as well. You heard from John Gruden and his thoughts after the game yesterday. We'll hear from Derek Carr and uh, what he has to say, talking about his receivers, the 3-0 and start, and the Raider mania that has taken over Las Vegas, that has taken over Legion Stadium on game days. And as fans, are fans getting a little too carried away? Are they looking past? Because when you look at the schedule, remember, when you looked at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, I think a lot of fans are going like, well, you know, Miami, that's, that's going to look good. Even though Miami got the Raiders last year when the Raiders were favored in that situation. They figured, okay, payback. But the way this game started out, you can't count anything. And a lot of people thought, okay, the Raiders will probably be 2-1, and one, maybe 1-2 one and two at this juncture. Not too many people had the Raiders being 3-0 and oh in this situation and they are. And, again, with a 17-game schedule and with a schedule that you get to play the NFC East this year or the NFC least, as we like to say, there's that opportunity for the Raiders to maybe put 11, 12 victories on the board. So they're off to a good start. And like John Gruden says, you're never going to apologize for how you get the wins. And basically in all three of these games... They've kind of won ugly. Now, Pittsburgh last week, you know, that's a team that was minorly injured. T.J. Watt, the defensive side of the ball, Devin Bush, then Ben Roethlisberger. And we saw what Roethlisberger did yesterday. He was atrocious yesterday, and the Pittsburgh Steelers got drilled by the Bengals yesterday. So now the Steelers aren't looking very good. But it doesn't matter. Bottom line is Raiders are 3-0, and and they are looking good. And you have a lot of teams looking up to them right now, including their opponent that they got to go on the road and face next week, the ever-improving Los Angeles Chargers. They got the victory against Kansas City, but the Raiders are 3-0 and the Chargers aren't. All right, we come back. Matt Holt will join us, U.S. Integrity, and we'll talk to him from the betting side as well as breaking down all of the NFL action and the college action as well, too. Plenty to talk about on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition right here on the T.C. Martin Show. Nashville hot chicken, bold pork sandwiches, award-winning Vietnamese wings, and plenty of ice-cold craft brews. Just a taste of what you'll find at Block 16 Urban Food Hall at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Six hand-picked restaurants from foodie capitals across the country. Fresh flavors, world-renowned chefs, and a lively atmosphere draw you in. From donuts to hand rolls to everything in between, grab, go, and get back to the game. Block 16 Urban Food Hall at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Betting has never been easier and you can earn free money when you sign up today for a new William Hill Nevada mobile sports account. Earn a $50 bonus when you deposit $50 or more using promo code TC50. That's promo code TC50. 
The William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app allows you to bet from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device anywhere in Nevada. With the largest wagering menu, the Mobile Sports app features live in-play betting as well. Sign up today. For more information, visit williamhill.us. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. You want to cool off? Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers is bringing back a favorite summertime custard treat. The Key Lime Pie Concrete. Thick and creamy vanilla custard blended with a whole slice of Key Lime Pie. Topped with whipped cream and sprinkled with graham crackers. There is no better way to beat the heat. But only for a limited time. Visit any of the four Freddy's Las Vegas locations. Eastern near Silverado Ranch. Warm Springs and Julia Road. Charleston and Decatur. And Rainbow near Russell Road. Freddy's. The taste that brings you back. Nashville Hot chicken, bold pork sandwiches, award-winning Vietnamese wings, and plenty of ice-cold craft brews. Just a taste of what you'll find at Block 16 Urban Food Hall at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Six hand-picked restaurants from foodie capitals across the country. Fresh flavors, world-renowned chefs, and a lively atmosphere draw you in. From donuts to hand rolls to everything in between, grab, go, and get back to the game. Block 16 Urban Food Hall at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Rob Van Dam here. I want to introduce you to my new one-of-a-kind CBD product line. RVD CBD. As a professional wrestler, you know that I'm familiar with aches and pains, and I know what it takes to recover quickly and effectively. Van Dam, this is RVD CBD has everything you need. Tinctures, creams, gummies, smokables, and it's all natural. It's the highest quality and delivering life-changing results. Dude, the reviews are off the charts. Check out all my products at rvdcbd.com and enter the promo code TCRVD. Check this out. I'm giving you a 21% discount. What's better than saving money and feeling great at the same time, right? Use the promo code TCRVD. The best products on the market from the best in the business. Rob Van Dam. When you're having pain or discomfort, see the pros at Total Sports Medicine. Dr. Joseph Yu is one of the leading orthopedic surgeons and is the UNLV team doctor. Total Sports Medicine is your sports injury specialist. With treatment for shoulders, hips, and knees, specializing in ACL and meniscus tears, shoulder injuries, collarbones, and more. Call Total Sports Medicine at 702-475-4390 or go to dryu.com. For complete care, trust the pros at Total Sports Medicine, your sports injury specialist. Does your body need a reboot or would you just like to feel better? Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy is now here. Visit the brand new location in Henderson at 1550 North Green Valley Parkway. Restore is the ultimate pick-me-up. Whether you have pain or an injury or just low on energy, Restore is the place for you. With the -the state-of-the-art equipment and a soothing, comfortable atmosphere, Restore will bring your body back to life. Try the large menu of services to fit what your body needs from cryotherapy, IV drips, B12 shots, to hyperbaric oxygen therapy, compression, or just plain relaxation and beauty. It will make you feel amazing. Get the treatment that today's athletes receive and make your body feel better so you can feel better. Visit Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy, 1550 North Green Valley Parkway, just off the 215 in Green Valley Parkway in the Smith Shopping Center. For more information, go to Restore.com. Do more with Restore. Who needs an enema when you can tune in to the Dr. T.C. Martin? Oh. 
great football weekend. Saturday, Sunday, and now Monday Night Football tonight. The Cowboys at home taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Looking forward to this game uh, tonight. Uh, We'll handicap it. And uh, both myself and our next guest, Matt Holt, 2-0 yesterday in NFL Best Bets. And uh, we both got the Dallas Cowboys coming tonight. So we will uh, go ahead and handicap that. Seeing if uh, we want to get off on on this side. I love the Cowboys tonight. So we'll talk uh, to Matt about that. And of course, what our eyes saw yesterday around the National Football League. So let's dive into that. And again, Raiders 3-0 with that victory. 31-28 yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. Just a great game and uh, very happy for Raider fans. The crowd really into it yesterday. You know, people are always talking about the crowd of 65,000 there. So when we talked about the actual crowd for the Monday night football game, it was just right at 60, saying that there was like, okay, 5,000 empty seats. So I'm just wondering if the vaccination thing is really having something to do with that. Because when you look at the official attendance yesterday, it was 58,000. And there were some empty seats there yesterday. So, you know, everyone's talking about, hey, 65,000 season ticket holders. It's, it's, it, the game is sold out for every, every game. We're not seeing that. Two home games this year and... You've had at least five to 7,000 empty seats for the two games against Baltimore and against Miami. So, interesting. We'll have to continue to take a look at that as uh, we get more home games coming down the road. All right, let's go to the phones. Talk to Matt. Matthew Holt, my man, what is shaking? GC, how are we doing? Coming off my first 5-0 and week in Circa Millions this year. That a boy. Excited, Look at that, 5-0 and Circa. And how you doing with the Survivor Series there? Are, are you on an both island still? Both entries still alive. Yeah, both entries still alive. A perfect 6-for-6 six six so far. You know, it's interesting. They started with about 4,100 people, and just over 1,100 people were eliminated after the first two weeks. In fact, there were 2,985 entries left going into this week's games, uh, and only 64 entries eliminated this week. So most of the picks got through. You know, the biggest culprit, I think, this week being the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Again, only 64 entries eliminated this week, so still going to be about 2,000, you know, over 2,900 people going into week four. Right. It was uh, definitely a great weekend, and uh, and I got to give kudos to Matt as well. This was a great weekend for Matt Holt. Not only did he go 5-0 and in the circuit contest, and again, so far 2-0, and we're looking at 3-0 and on our best bets, but he also won the Old School Fantasy Baseball Championship, his first title, you're getting cash, you're getting the belt, you're getting the bling, you're getting it all, my friend. What a weekend for you. Hope you're celebrating. What a weekend, baby. I could tell you that little Ace Holt was awful excited. <laughs> he gets 10%, so I think he's got that money spent already. But uh, it's about time. Look, I've been knocking on the door for a while uh, in the Fantasy Baseball League. Happy to finally get a title home. Wait, wait. So, Ace, how old is Ace? I mean, Ace is like like eight or nine years old, isn't he? Let's, let's, oh, he's ten. He's t- okay, so he's ten, and he's getting he's getting ten percent. How about the commish? What does the commish get? Does the commish get a percentage? It's like a toke, man. I mean, we're in the service industry, as you know. I mean, there's supposed to be some toke for the commish, isn't there? Pay that to well, me helps me do my drafting. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> That's right. The ten year old did his drafting for him. There he is. 
Oh, That's it. Too funny. What does that say about the league? The ten-year-old drafted the team, and we won. Wow, that's terrible. Oh, jeez. I don't. It's not terrible. This guy beat a guy who is like seventeen and two. It beat him in the World Series, seventeen and two. So yeah, no, there's no slouches in this league. I mean, my team had no. some injury problems, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. But all right, so now we look we we look forward to, to football as well too. So there you go. Are you doing good in football too? I mean, you're doing two and every- one, yeah, two so- and one. I don't have Justin Tucker like you do. <laughs> I managed to squeak a win by this week. And, and you know how bad I just want to say in people's faces because you know everybody gives me a bad time, Matt, because. In years past, I've drafted Steven Goskowski as my first kicker, and I'll draft him like as early as the fifth round. And people look at me, I'm going, listen, kickers get a lot of points. And I go, and I went for Justin Tucker, same thing around the fifth round. People said, when's he drafted a kicker? So, hey, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers and Justin Tucker, I mean, you know, I went going away easy this week because of those two guys. You got to get a kicker, my friend. You got to get one of the best kickers. Well, that was pretty impressive. I'll tell you, that was a huge game and a huge swing kick for a lot of people in Survivor. So I think the Baltimore Ravens were the third most selected team last week, and there were a lot of people sweating that 66-yarder. If that goes out, there's another 400 people out of Survivor. What a game uh, that that was uh, yesterday in Detroit where the Lions seemed to be in control and the Ravens come back. And again, it was just like the Packers. I mean, are you going to leave Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds with no timeouts, uh, enough time? And you almost saw it happen with Patrick Mahomes, but you know he had to settle for a Hail Mary because the Chargers didn't settle for a field goal that uh, they got a touchdown instead. And then same thing like we talked about with Lamar Jackson driving the Ravens down and then uh, the foot of Justin Tucker getting it done again. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason we see so many underdogs cover now. I mean, it is a passing league in the NFL now, and these teams are used to throwing the ball all game, and what we don't see at the end of games is teams being able to run out the clock. They just don't understand how to run out a clock, but yet on the other side, offenses are so used to throwing the football that, you know, getting these drives that we never used to see, like you said, in Green Bay, 37 seconds, no problem. Get right down there and kick a field goal. We see this time after time in the National Football League, whether it's to win a game or to sneak through the back door. And I think that's part of the reason we're seeing such a high percentage of underdogs cover the games. Nine and six dogs yesterday. Seven of the nine, Matt, outright winners. That's impressive. And then we've talked about this a lot the first two weeks. So last week, underdogs go nine and seven, 12 and four in week number one. And again, we talk about, well, is it just parody? Is it maybe, you know, lines maybe not right or whatever? I mean, I think it's more of the parody and maybe some overinflation with some of these favorites. But when you have, you know, nine. Uh, underdogs covering and seven win the game outright. Pretty impressive, man. Yeah, really impressive. And I think parity is some of it. But again, I think the league has just changed in that the fact that everybody's throwing the football so much has changed it. Although talking about throwing the football yesterday, we saw who wasn't throwing the football, the Chicago Bears. When is the last time in the NFL, and I'm sure somebody posted this, I just didn't see it, where we saw a team get one passing yard. In today's NFL, that was unbelievable. And the fact that fans were clamoring for this guy to get in there and start, we knew it was going to be a tough start on the road against that defense. One passing yard for Justin Fields yesterday. Wow. 
that to me was the story of the day. That's insane. All right, let's uh, let's hit some of these underdogs uh, that uh, win the game outright. And the Saints, Matt. This is what I didn't understand: how New England could be favored by three in this game. Saints win going away, twenty-eight to thirteen. They were catching three. I, I'm still not sure why they're favored, and I understand. They they defensively looked very very impressive, but Matt Jones hasn't looked great, and uh, and we know the Saints were going to be you know hungry coming off that loss to the Panthers last week. It's hard for me to to figure out exactly what to make of this New Orleans Saints football team because they have had two really impressive blowout wins, uh, both away from home. One a neutral site game in Week One against the Green Bay Packers, now on the road in New England against the Patriots. And in both of those blowout wins, Jameis Winston threw less than 150 yards. Yet, yet despite the fact that Jameis Winston isn't compiling big stats in those games, except for touchdown passes, the New Orleans Saints win and win going away. This is a formula that we're not used to seeing in 2021 NFL, which is a team winning in dominating fashion, yet their quarterback throwing for 150 yards or less. Right. Saints get the job done going away. We talk about the Packers, same thing, getting three on the road to San Francisco. Love the Packers in this spot. And Jimmy Garoppolo, uneven, even though Garoppolo basically looked like uh, he had enough to get the job done here. But then the, the Niners can't, uh, can't get a stop with the Packers. Like we mentioned, 37 seconds to go. And Rodgers needs two plays to get Mason Crosby into field goal range. Game winner, Packers win by two. Yeah, unbelievable, that game. But let's face it, I don't think the Green Bay cover was ever really in doubt. It seemed like they right. were the right side, plus three and a half throughout the entirety of that game. And, uh, you know, since that first week one debacle, Aaron Rodgers is really starting to look like the Aaron Rodgers of old. And that's bad news for everybody else in the NFC. There it is. All right, Packers get the victory over the 49ers last night. Uh, great game. The Chargers getting six against Kansas City yesterday. And the Chargers win. This is the third time in the last four trips that the Chargers have won in Kansas City. And what I liked most about this game, Matt, and I know that it was a crazy ending, the way this thing happened there in the, in the final drive for the Chargers, they were looking at basically talking about punting, and they said, now nah, we're going to go for it. And then fourth and four, they said, okay, you know, they get a penalty. Now it's fourth and nine. They go for it anyway. It looks like the game, you know, Kansas City's going to get a chance to get the ball back. We get a pass interference call on the Chiefs. Boom, extends the drive for the Chargers. They go on down. They don't settle for three. That is the key to me, and so many teams are settling for field goals, and they try to punch it in the end zone. They do. Herbert to Mike Williams from four yards out gives the Chargers that cushion, even though they miss the extra point, but they go ahead 30-24, to 24, and the way Mahomes started to come back you know, on that next possession, Mahomes and the Chiefs had five plays on that final possession, and if it's only a field goal game, they probably – tie this thing up, going to overtime, who knows what happens, but instead they have to settle for a Mahomes Hail Mary. So kudos for the Chargers for playing this thing all the way out and trying to get six or seven instead of three like so many other teams are doing. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, and we talked about this game Friday because it was one of my best bets on the best bet segment with the with the L.A. Chargers, is the fact that Kansas City's defense is so bad, and their offense is a little bit of a smokescreen this year. They were out first down on the ground, 27-6 to 6 coming into this game. And basic, and out first down overall, 
55 to 43 on the season and not getting any stops. So what it basically means is their defense isn't getting any stops and their offense is entirely predicated on the big play. Well, what we know in the NFL is if you give teams time to prepare, it's not easy to score points when you consistently have to throw 40 yard bombs or have these huge strikes in order to do so. The Kansas City offense is still not clicking. This isn't an offense that marches down the field methodically having 14 play drives. When they score, it's six, seven play drives down the field because their offense is so predicated on the big play. And right now, that defense isn't getting any stops. And you have the Chargers at 2-1, and one, the Raiders at 3-0. and oh. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs were the second biggest favorite in all of football to win their division behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, and it looks to me like the the AFC West is wide open. All right, Matt Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity. The dogs rolling yesterday, nine and six, seven outright winners. But one, uh, another dog that came through, Matt, the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh looks terrible here. Bengals win twenty four ten. Ben Roethlisberger awful again. You know, there's you've you've heard it. I know that Mike Tomlin's starting to hear it. Pittsburgh fans are starting to hear it, and, we're, and the national media is all over this as well too, thinking it might be a time for Ben Roethlisberger to go to the bench. Your thoughts? Well, look, Pittsburgh was never exactly built to throw the football the way that teams do now in 2021 NFL. In Mike Tomlin's prime, this was a run-first, play-action-pass team that always had a good offensive line, always had good, tough running backs running the football, and then receivers that were big, strong, and really tough. I mean, you have to remember the one time in the since we changed to a passing lead that Pittsburgh's really had success, they had Antonio Brown out there, and you know they had superstar stud receivers. They no longer have Antonio Brown. Their top two wide receivers are hurt. Ben's too old, too big, and too slow to make any plays, I feel like, on his own anymore. This team's in a lot of trouble, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with Cincinnati playing as good as they are, I mean, in a quarterback-driven league, Joe Burrows is the real deal, a legit number one pick who's playing like it. It's not out of the question, much like the Kansas City Chiefs, who find themselves in last place in the AFC West right now. Right now, I don't see how Pittsburgh doesn't end up finishing last in the AFC South. AFC North. Right, right, yeah. They're not looking good at all. And then again, if you go away from Roethlisberger, that means you're pretty much stuck with Mason Rudolph at this time. And I know there are going to be How pe- do they not draft the quarterback? You right, see? You right. know they needed one. I, I, under- I understand. It is crazy. Now, you know there are people out there who are going to say, hey, why don't you go get Cam Newton? You know, th- you know, And now is Cam Newton better than Ben Roethlisberger? Probably so. But when you look at Cam Newton, I mean, it is clear, Matt, to everybody out there that's inside the National Football League that nobody wants anything to do with this guy. And I think, you know, the writing was on the wall with Bill Belichick by saying, you know, he's not going to be our long-term guy, but you know what? We had to have him for last year. We're going to invite him back this year, and we want to get Mac Jones, you know, as our guy. We're going to develop him, and that's the long-term guy. So it wasn't really a surprise that they got Cam, uh, that they cut Cam Newton loose. Here's another thing. That when you have so many teams out there, Houston, all right, uh, you, you know, other teams as well that need a quarterback. Washington desperately needed a quarterback, right? Especially when Fitzpatrick went down. Even before, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, Ron Rivera sitting there, his former coach in Carolina, and you know what Ron Rivera said? I'll pass. No, thank you. 
And what does that tell you? To me, that says everything you want to know about Cam Newton. If you're if your old coach doesn't want to bring this guy back, and there's always question marks, well, what's really going on between those two? What's going on in that locker room? What's going on there in Carolina? Obviously, Ron Rivera doesn't want anything to do with Cam Newton because he could have brought him uh, to Washington, and he wants nothing to do with him. To me, this signals that Cam Newton will not be in this league this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Cam's the solution anywhere. I just question some of these teams. Washington's a perfectly perfect example. You know you needed a quarterback. At least they tried to address it short-term by bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. But on the Pittsburgh Steelers' side, there is no excuse. Big Ben has been talking about retiring for four years now, and you have not done anything in those four years to try to find an, you know, a franchise replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, shame on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're in last place for a reason. In a quarterback-driven league in 2021, you have not done anything to address the quarterback situation in four years, and here's where you find yourself. All right, there we go. All right, Matt, tonight, Cowboys, three and a half against Philly. Uh, in my opinion, you know, you've got – this thing is about defense as well, too. I mean, you say what you want about Dak Prescott and what he's been doing. Uh, Cowboys well over 400 yards in, all, in their games so far this year. But uh, the Cowboys also lead the league in forcing turnovers at six. Philly has yet to force one at this point in time. And uh, their best defensive player, Brandon Graham, is out uh, for Philadelphia, got injured last week. Uh, Dallas, we talk about the the offense there, averaging four hundred thirty five yards. They're con- uh, they're connecting on fifty six percent of the third downs, and Dak Prescott has been impressive. What do you think tonight? You still feeling good about laying three and a half with the Cowboys? Yeah, I'll tell you, I switched last minute. I had Dallas as well on the contest for the Circa Millions, and I switched it to the Cleveland Browns because of the advantageous situation right. with the rookie quarterback on his first start on the road but I, I'm really nervous for the Philadelphia Eagles here you already talked about Brandon, Brandon Graham being out they have two players in the secondary out their left tackles out tonight I mean they're missing a bunch of guys in Philly and I feel like the quarterback situation there is really inconsistent Jalen Hurts has had some good games he's also had some games where he looks like a quarterback who still has less than 15 starts under his belt in his career and people weren't sure if he could play in the National Football League this is a guy who still can't make all the throws runs the ball a little bit too much let's remember last week he ran the ball for over 80 yards and a touchdown and their offense scored 11 points he just isn't able to make every throw teams are able to hone in on that a little bit. It's sort of like Lamar Jackson. As soon as you become one dimensional in the national football league, this league starts to defend you and figure out ways to, to, you know, stop that offense. And we're seeing it with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And I think we're starting to see it with Jalen hurts on the other side. I just feel like this Dallas offense is as consistent as any offense in the national football league. We know they're going to go out there and score points. We know they're going to go out there and not turn the football over a bunch of times because they just haven't been doing that. And that defense is playing better. I mean, Jalen Hurts could have one of those nights, absolutely, and Philly could get there. But I trust Dak Prescott in that Dallas Cowboys offense so much more. I like the Cowboys tonight. All right. We both like the Cowboys uh, tonight. All right, my friend. Great stuff. Congratulations. Uh, the the 5-0 weekend in, in the Circa Millions contest. And we'll, uh, we'll keep uh, track of this and keep uh, talking with you, my man. I appreciate it. 
I appreciate it, TC. And I've been killing these props on Sunday night and Monday night football. I got one prop tonight yes. real quick. No, go ahead. Will there be a score in the first five minutes and 30 seconds of the football game? I took yes. This game's total is 51 and a half. With people betting the over, there's supposed to be a ton of scoring, if, especially if Dallas gets the football first. They are able to move the ball quickly. Yes, at plus 120 seemed like a good deal to me. I took yes. There will be a score first five minutes and 30 seconds. Write it down. There it is. First 5.30 of the game, especially if uh, the Cowboys get the ball with you. I'm, I'm with you with that one. Okay, interesting. All right, brother. Appreciate it as always. Take care. And you can check out uh, Matt uh, Holt's best bets on our website as well, too. All of them are up there. Myself, Matt, Scott Spritzer, Brian Benowitz, and, of course, uh, they're all up there. So go check it out. And uh, we're we're doing it again, and especially uh, on Sundays. We, we all had uh, some pretty good Sundays. So congratulations, my friend. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. You too. Best of luck tonight, TC. Take care. Appreciate it. All right, Matt and I both on the Dallas Cowboys tonight, laying the three and a half. Cowboys' first home game tonight. You know, they're going to be pumped up tonight in Arlington. All right, we come back. Heidi Fang is going to join us. And uh, we're going to talk to our good friend who comes and helps us out on a pretty uh, semi-regular basis, Brian Feldman. Love talking with Brian. He just got back from Ford Field. He was there yesterday for the record-breaking Justin Tucker field goal. Oh, yeah. By the way, who had Justin Tucker as their fantasy kicker again? Yes, yours truly. That's right. Record setting. Take that, you ham and eggers. Talking about me drafting a kicker in the fifth round. Justin Tucker, baby. What did he give me? 30 points yesterday. I love it. Hey, I got to boast. Got to boast once in a while, right? All right, we'll take you around the rest of the NFL. Plus, you'll hear from Derek Carr, hour number two, TC Martin Show on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition. <laughs> 